0: Watson under pressure, ball comes loose, Panthers have recovered. Allen on third down, escapes, and now throws, it is caught. Watson rolling right, heaves it downfield, and it is knocked down. Great play made by Eric Reed to put the exclamation point on a Carolina Panthers victory.
1: It's the David Glenn Show, Monday, September 30th. Do I need to give the time? No, we're good. Thanks. Darren Vod producing. Intern Will. I never get their last names. and Don't feel bad, Will. I wouldn't remember it if they don't. They don't have them here. I know that. It's a it's a rule. Uh, well, when you have 48,000 of them. <laughs> Will, it's time for you to get on page with what went on in California. Get the fair pay to play act going on. Say it every time I fill in for David Glenn. Nobody has exploited NCAA talent more than David Glenn. Forget college (laughs) sports. Good gravy. David Glenn can't hear me. He's got a nine iron in his hands and is thinking, is this the right club? The answer, David, no, it's not. No, it's not, David. You're 177 yards away. You're not Tiger. We're getting older. Just saying. At least I am. It is the David Glenn Show, and I have been told, Mondays are best and worst of the weekend. Uh, Also, I know that from listening to this fine program. So if you've got your thoughts on what was the best thing you saw this weekend from your favorite team or the worst thing that you saw from your favorite team, that's why we're here at 1-800-849-2761. Coming up this hour, Michael Smith from the Carolina Hurricanes and CarolinaHurricanes.com, their intrepid web reporter, will be joining us here. That's it, 1 o'clock, this is your chance. You really want to get the best and worst of the weekend out of the way. Let's get right to it because the best – I like that North Carolina football put the cojones on the table and said, we're going for it. Stop us, Clemson, and if you do, you win the game. And they did. And that has turned into, again, Monday morning quarterbacking. I love it. It's the reason why I was employed in sports talk radio, you know, for 25 years, or give or take, or 20. I don't even remember anymore. It's, most of it's a blur of waking up and then just meetings. But for the most part, You get to this point, we love to have, I love to have conversation. I hate the, the, we're going to yell louder and go from there. I like conversation because I truly believe the right call is to win the game, not play for the tie, especially if you're the unranked team playing a ranked team. And in this case, the number one team in the country, make them make the play give the confidence to your guys to go out and make a play but that is a sticking point point. and I am always open to the well why should they have kicked the extra point because if they get the two and win the game is that not the greatest call in the history of North Carolina football it is right it is there's no second guessing that that is the best call but the fact it didn't work you can always second guess it but there are about a million other things that could have happened And I know that I'm exaggerating. Millions. But. Billions. Other things could have happened. If you're NC State, you got to think that first quarter in Tallahassee, you let a good chance to get a road win in the ACC through your fingers. But Dave Doran's trying to find a quarterback. It's not Matt McKay at the moment. And Dave Doran said so much in the postgame. You also have. Bailey Hockman, who maybe he's the quarterback, but he took a pounding from that Florida State defense as the game moved on, and Devin Leary. And then you heard the call of Kenny Albert. Carolina Panthers with another victory. They are 2-0 in the Kyle Allen era. Let the debate and controversy stop because it's not one when Cam Newton is healthy. The problem if we want to debate if you want to say what's the worst thing for the Panthers with Cam Newton is uh, Cam wasn't honest about how injured he was. And you stumbled out of the gates trying to figure out what's wrong with your quarterback. And look, maybe Cam Newton is beat up beyond repair. I do not know. Uh, Only he knows. But let's face it, how many quarterbacks have taken a pounding in the course of their career the way that Cam Newton has and played at the level that he's played at for a while? but if cam newton comes back and he's healthy, I know the team's winning under Kyle Allen and we can point to certain things. There's a guy in New England who took over a job when the starting quarterback got injured. Uh, Drew Bledsoe was a fine quarterback. Drew Bledsoe is no Cam Newton. He's just not. I know, I think I I think that might have been the most shocking thing ever said in sports talk radio. That's where we can say at 107 on September 30th, 2019, we will mark the tape on that one, Darren Vaughn. So we're set. But what you are missing here is Ron Rivera is actually coaching the way that defensive-minded head coaches, former defensive coordinators, love to coach. We're going to run the ball. We're going to do safe passes, and I'm just going to sick my defense after the other team. Deshaun Watson's going to have nightmares. This Panther defense has 14 sacks in the last two games, six sacks yesterday. Oh, and by the way, I am not coming off of my claim that Christian McCaffrey is the MVP of the National Football League because I don't think there's anybody who does more for their team. I know how good Pat Mahomes is with the Kansas City Chiefs and, and the video game numbers he puts up. And we can run around and point to all these players in the NFL who are going to put up great numbers, but Christian McCaffrey is now the offense and he's still producing. So just putting that out there best and worst of the weekend at 1-800-849-2761. We also have a few other things to get into. The Carolina Hurricanes close the preseason. You know what's the best thing about this weekend? NHL preseason is over. I, I, I might be alone in this, but I am not a preseason fan of any way, shape, or form of any sport except for, and I'm asking for a limited scope here. If only I knew a lawyer who could help me with terms. But the limited scope here of spring training, preseason hockey, preseason used to be set up in football and basketball, baseball, and all of the pro sports because the players actually had to go when the season was over and get a regular job and work it. That's, That's really the crux of where all this came from. The players today come in in such fantastic shape and ready to go that you don't need the preseason the way that you need it, especially for veterans who've been there. Uh, I have made a case for what should happen in certain sports, like for football. Do we really need four preseason football games? No, we don't. But if you're going to have four, the first two the first two preseason games are nothing but the young guys that you're looking at in position battles. Then your third preseason game, we're going to work the starters in. They're going to work a half. We're going to go from there. And then your last preseason game, your tune-up, that's where the real guys play. And I would rather rather even turn that into a controlled scrimmage and we move on from there because you don't want injuries heading into it. Preseason hockey head coach of the Carolina Hurricanes, Rod Brindamore, said it's about knocking the rust off for players. That's really what it is. You could – same thing. First three games – I know that you want to be entertained and you want to see players, but the NHL puts in a rule. You've got to put NHL veteran players in these games. Don't. Don't. Let it be the kids. Let it be the the young players that you want to, if you're the coaching staff, the front office, evaluate and go from there. And then as far as the veteran group goes, same thing. Give them the last two games. You know, you work in, you sprinkle some of the young players in for those position battles that you have. If you've got five games, three of the kids, one you do a mix, and then one this is our team, let's go. That might not work out well, but at least you understand it. But baseball, the only reason why baseball for me, maybe it's the romantic in me as I wistfully look. Now I'm not going to look at the TV right now. Uh, but there's something about hearing pitchers and catchers report that's, you know, winter's over. Good things are starting to happen. You go know, from there. But it's funny because... After pitchers and catchers report, I pay no attention to spring training baseball. And then you look at it, and you're like, oh, in the spring training, the Pirates were uh, 27 and 14. And you're like, played 41 spring training games? How? 13 split squad games today. Yeah. Um, but that's just it for preseason. I know that there is a point to it, but it's not, it's not the necessary evil that it used to be and that it needs to be anymore, at least on the, the pro sides at the highest level that you get into. But a few things that we can talk about now that the preseason is over for the Carolina Hurricanes. Uh, the best thing, they name their captains. The guys are wearing letters. Jordan Stahl will be a captain for the Carolina Hurricanes, uh, and officially the captain, no co-captaincy. He has got the letter C on his sweater uh, all to himself, and he'll be joined by Jacob Slavin and Jordan Martinook as the alternate captains this year. And that could be a really good mix because Martin Huck is your vocal leader for the Carolina Hurricanes. He's the guy who will step up and, and talk in the locker room, and he learned from one of the best in Shane Doan when he was in Arizona. And then Justin Williams last year as the Canes captain in Martinook's first year there. Uh, Jordan Stahl, he's, again, been there, done that. He's won the Stanley Cup. He is a guy who you look at the numbers and you want more. I get it as fans, but he does so many things in the course of a game that you don't notice and plays heavy minutes. And a lot of times you never notice the other team's best players because they have to go up against Jordan Stahl. And he kind of takes them out. And Jacob Slavin is just as well-respected of a, a player as you're going to find in the league. So this could be a really good leadership combination for the Canes. I know there's some questions because what about the guy who's the captain? from last season who hasn't used the R word, but just said step away. What does this do for Justin Williams? And the honest answer is nobody knows except for Justin Williams and maybe the Carolina Hurricanes and Justin Williams' agent and and where it goes from there. But the Canes, you got to move forward, and I like the fact they didn't leave this ambiguous. They didn't leave this hanging out. This is a decision. This is who's here. This is where we go. And if Justin Williams does decide to come back in selfishly for what I do, As the Canes pregame show host and intermission host, and I have to ask questions, you know, the walk-off interviews, Justin Williams is just your dream. He is perfect. He answers your questions. He's smart. He's thoughtful. And, oh, by the way, he's still a hell of a great hockey player. 23 goals last season if you need him. And some teams do. But what does that do for him? Trust me the door will be open if he wants to come back. He might not get the C, but the door will be open, and I think that the, the room will know how that goes. So we got a lot of things to get into. Uh, forget the result yesterday for the Carolina Hurricanes as well in the preseason as they lost to the Washington Capitals, although next Saturday in D.C. Ooh, if you like some rivalry stuff. We got some stuff on the table for you. Plus a huge weekend in college football. Duke obliterated Virginia Tech in Blacksburg. Exit Sandman. Full credit to David Cutcliffe and company. App State with a win. Again, the David Glenn Show was on the road. They got on the Magic Bus. They brought the lightning in a two-hour delay. But a win. Oh. We're undefeated. Oh, really? Undefeated on our 2019 Big Tailgate Tour stop. Really? All right. It's worth. All right. What is it? What's the record? 4-0. All right. 4-0. Four, four okay. 4-0. All right. How many times were they the underdog that you brought the win to the stadium? Uh, you know what? You know have what? Have you're telling me, you're, you're telling me about the birth. You've shown me the baby. I'm <laughs> going to move on. We're good. Yeah, that's fine. Good for you. DG show 40 0 on the road. Hmm. Let's see who's playing Pittsburgh state this weekend. Let's go there. You know, the Buffalo state Bengals, the division three powerhouse who's got them on this, on the schedule, Alabama, we're going to Tuscaloosa. Actually, don't give Nick Saban any ideas. That might actually come in, but never mind. We got a bunch more to get into from a busy weekend for the best and worst of it here on The David Glenn Show. Uh, I'll leave you with the numbers, which is taboo radio, but I'll do it anyway. 1 800 849 2761. 1 800 849 2761. Your best and worst from this weekend. Plus, why, when you got a chance to knock out number one, you got to take it right here on The David Glenn Show.
0: Background of the University of North Carolina. We got to win now. Let's don't start looking at rebuilding. Let's don't talk about how bad we are. Let's don't talk
1: about we're not better than anybody. Let's figure out how to win. And that's what we've done. And, And the Coastal, because it's been up in the air every year, why shouldn't we have a chance? Keep it dialed in to the David Glenn Show. Welcome back to the David Glenn Show. Mike Maniscalco in for David today. Darren Vaught learning to fly on the other side of the board. Oh, yeah. Almost hit the post on that one. I was going to do it for you. Hockey and music term and radio term. That's a hat trick. Hey-oh! right, everybody. Will, we'll talk to you later. You're an intern Peace College. By the way, I'm serious that we need to get you on this... Fair, you know, fair pay-to-play act in California. But I don't want to talk about that now. Got plenty of time for that one. Got a lot of things to work into. A lot of Skull America to pay attention to. If you don't know what that is, that's when people get really excited and try to say, let's go, and it turns into Skull. Skull America. It's a big thing. That's a big Carolina Tar Heel thing, Right. Go, go Tar Heels, go America. No one's ever told me where it's come from other than it's just a Tar Heel thing. Fine. But I don't want to talk about that now either. We got plenty to get into. Like, best and worst of the weekend at 1-800-849-2761. Bear with me. I spent a lot of time in a hockey rink this weekend. So that's a good thing for me. I love it. Uh, it's especially when it's warm outside. It's generally cold in a hockey rink, and I am, uh, by nature, someone who prefers to be cold than hot. That's uh, also a best and worst of the weekend, but that's for David Glenn to get into, not for me. Uh, A few other things that we have got to cover. Why North Carolina going for two was the absolute right decision because I love when we get the Monday morning quarterback and somebody says you play for the tie and then you go to overtime and take your chances. Why would you want to give the Clemson Tigers more opportunities to win the game. Why? You have a chance to win the game if if there's that opportunity to win it right there. One play, 3 yards out. I'll take it. I'll take my chance with that. But then this turns into this whole juxtaposition of wow, another big word fought. I don't know where they're coming from today. Might be losing consciousness. But it turns into all of this. Oh, well, you, you kick the extra point, and then Clemson has to make a play, and they might make a mistake. They've won 19 games in a row. They're, no offense, and I know the crowd at Keenan was amazing this weekend. It was. That Clemson team is not sitting there going, oh, man, we're going to have to get the ball back with 90 seconds and try to get a field goal here at Keenan against an unranked. They weren't worried about it. The, the reason why teams like Clemson and Bama and, you know, you run down the list of Ohio State – oh, it pains me to say that – but why those teams are so good, they're not afraid to make the mistake. They want that moment. And you know what? Good teams want the ball. They want to try to win the game. And that message, by the way, by Mack Brown I, – I hate the – here's the moral victory because it's not that. But that message – Mack Brown just told this this football program I believe in you guys. We're going to get it done. Go get it done. Not we're playing for the tie. Not we want to go to overtime and hope things work out. No. End it there. Bang. Throw, throw, Shoot your shot. Throw your punch. Whatever you want to use, go ahead and do it. 1-800-849-2761. But I will entertain. I want to know why people think the extra point was the play. Because there were some Tar Heel fans out there who thought that was the play. Let me know. Also this weekend... Canes preseason hockey wraps up. That is a good thing because we are just a few days away from the real thing when the Montreal Canadiens lay habitants de Montreal and then let all of the trolling online begin with that. (sighs) I I sometimes wonder what the province of Quebec has going on where they just jump in everybody's timeline. Like, it's unreal. Absolutely. Uh, The Carolina Panthers, do we have a quarterback controversy? No. No, we really don't but Kyle Allen is doing exactly what Ron Rivera wants him to do. And right now, Devin and Carey is on the David Glenn show with the best and worst of the weekend. What's going on, Devin. Hey, Mike, how you doing? Great. Thank you. My, my best and the worst revolves around the same situation from the
0: Canes game yesterday. Um, just if you'd entertain me, just a little background last year during the, the Canes cap series, uh, in the playoffs, uh, TJ, Oshie gets injured. They, the caps thought it was kind of a malicious thing. Um, you know, uh, Ovechkin baits uh, Svechnikov into a fight and uh, pounds into his face, and, and Svechnikov is gone for the rest of the series. We think it's a malicious thing on their end. So we've got a good little rivalry going here. And then add to that the game seven where we won it on the road. Um, it, it, this is These are two teams that are going to be really good for uh, the, you know, the foreseeable future, and so we've got a really good rivalry going. Having said that, yesterday Tom Wilson um, – Ended up on the uh, on, near the Canes bench trying to fight just about everybody he could. I, from what I saw, and again, you can correct me if I'm wrong because you're closer to the action, but um, he came out in the media complaining that Rod, he was upset that Rod Brendamore said something that there was some unwritten rule broken there from Rod Brendamore. Give me a break. Tom Wilson uh, is. He's the Montez Perfect of the NHL. He is, in my mind, one of the if not the dirtiest player in the NHL. And he's complaining about somebody on our sideline hurting his feelings with yeah. something he said. Um, to me, that's the worst of the weekend because I never thought in, a, in my life I would ever refer to Tom Wilson as a snowflake. But that's exactly what he is. And on the other side of that, uh, Rod Brendamore instilling this attitude with this team uh, whatever it is he said or mouthed off to Tom Wilson, good on him because the Canes are used to getting or have in the past been used to getting pushed around by teams like the Capitals, not anymore. And Rob Brendamore has instilled that attitude in that team, and they've gotten the players to be able to back that up. That's all I got, Mike.
1: Thanks, Devin. Great call. And you can point – everybody asked me this off season anytime I was doing any kind of interview anywhere about the Hurricanes, what was the biggest difference – the biggest difference for the Carolina Hurricanes was Rod Brendamore behind the bench instilling this kind of spirit, this kind of thought, this what we saw turn into a playoff team last year. And I very much subscribe to what's said on the bench if I have access to those things as to uh, Las Vegas. What happens there stays there. What happens on the bench stays there. But guys like Tom Wilson, Brad Marchand, 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 whatever, for Boston – if you are going to run around and be an idiot and then somebody comes at you, you got to take it that that's part and parcel to it. Uh, Tom Wilson, somebody says something to you, skate off. It's just laugh it off if you want to, but that's going to bother you. Oh, it's unwritten rules. And I I will, I should take the high road here. So I will. But when Kevin from the office is coaching your hockey team, you know, you've got to learn to slough things off. That's a, Direct shot at the Washington Capitals, for those of you who do not know. Not mine. I cannot take credit for it. A lot of people beat me to that one. But tell me I'm wrong. Tell me I'm wrong. I'm just saying. <laughs> not saying, just saying. That's what uh, what goes on out here today. But again, I don't want to talk about that now either. It's uh, Todd Reardon, fine coach. How's this chili? <laughs> <laughs> didn't think you were going to get me on that one. Well played, Vaughn. Coming up, so the Carolina Hurricanes have some roster moves. They've got new captains, at least two-thirds of the captaincy. The people wearing a letter uh, weren't wearing a letter last year. Michael Smith, the intrepid web reporter for your Carolina Hurricanes, joins us here on the David Glenn Show.
2: Mike Lupica, welcome back to the David Glenn Show. Sports used to be called the toy department, and I said, look at the political scene and and, and tell me that's any more real or, or more serious than what we see when people say, oh, stick to sports. Well, who passed that law?
1: You're listening to the David Glenn Show. <laughs> It's the David Glenn Show. Mike Maniscalco filling in for David here on Monday. It's best and worst of the weekend. There were a lot of bests, a lot of almosts, and a few things that uh, could fall in between. Again, college football, not the greatest weekend for North Carolina, but it could have been. For NC State a first quarter that left a what could have been on the table and now more questions about the quarterback position and the end of the NHL preseason, thankfully. We now turn to the intrepid reporter from CarolinaHurricanes.com. He is the one and only The Web's Michael Smith, co-host of the one-time number one podcast about hockey in Finland, and he joins us here on The David Glenn Show. Michael, good afternoon. How are things with you at PNC Arena?
2: Hi. Good afternoon. Yeah, number one hockey podcast in Finland for a very brief period of time. I also learned today it's uh, International Podcasting Day. So happy International Podcast Day to you, sir.
1: Oh, thank you very much. Uh, for those of you who don't uh, go ahead and download Kane's Cast, I hear it's spectacular. The hosts it's are amazing. One of the best. Yeah. That's the one in Finland that uh, for at least a brief moment in time, uh, there we were. Uh, We'll always
2: have those two days.
1: (laughs) Yes, we will. Michael, uh, the Carolina Hurricanes have a couple of days before the season opens. So let's put the, the big question on the table. What are the biggest questions that need to get answered between now and then for Rod Brindamore and the Canes?
2: Yeah, I think uh, I think one of the biggest questions the Hurricanes are going to have to answer is uh, some questions around injuries. Uh, this was kind of uh, kind of a, a brutal preseason for the Hurricanes in terms of injuries because they have some uh, bigger name guys who are a little dinged up. I mean, we knew about Trevor van Riems today coming off his shoulder surgery. We knew he might not be quite ready for opening night. Uh, but now you look at a guy like Jake Gardner, who hasn't skated in a few days. Ryan Dezingle, who did skate yesterday, which is a good sign. Um, Martin Achos, uh maybe a bit bruised up at practice. He skated again yesterday. Uh, but these are some key names that the Hurricanes were, you know, had penciled into their opening night lineup that might not be there come uh, Thursday. So some question marks surrounding uh, that that, On the other hand, that gives guys like Julian Bocchier, like Hayden Fleury or Roland McEwen perhaps an opportunity that they they might not have had or an elevated opportunity, uh, and we'll see what they can do with that. So some question marks surrounding the roster, but we'll know soon enough. uh, Final rosters are due to the the league by 5 p.m. tomorrow. Uh, So we'll have some additional clarity there, and then uh, hopefully the Canes will will heal up and have – their full complement of players ready soon enough. Uh,
1: The Canes had to place three players on waivers, though, to get that roster, get closer to that roster, and that was Clark Bishop, Gustav Forsling, and Anton Forsberg. Uh, Forsling and Forsberg, the two players they acquired for Calvin DeHaan this offseason. Uh, Confident, Michael, that they'll get through waivers or not sure?
2: Yeah, uh, you know, it's always kind of a question mark this time of year. I mean, you look at last year, the Hurricanes were able to uh, snag Curtis McElhinney off waivers. Uh, around this time because Scott Darling got injured in the last preseason game. So, uh, I don't know. I mean, Anton Forsberg had a really good training camp. I thought Gustav Forsling had a pretty good training camp. Both of those players, you know, could be eyed for, for potential targets. Clark Bishop, another guy who, who has seen time in the NHL and has proven himself a, a quality depth player. But the other, on the other side of it is, you know, teams have to have room on their roster to carry these guys. So, as teams are, are looking to pare down their roster – if they look to to claim one of these guys, then they also have to balance out who they might get rid of. So, um, I guess there are you know uh, there's some concern there that that one of those uh, players might get claimed. But um, you know if they if they all three do end up clearing waivers and, and head to Charlotte, it gives Charlotte uh, so three really good players. I mean, especially if you look at net, you know ha- having Alex Nedeljkovic and, and Anton Forsberg there, that's a that's a really deadly one to. Uh, combo in the AHL. So uh, we'll see what happens, and that certainly helps the numbers get down. I believe that would get it down to 25 uh, left in training camp and then some decisions about where to put the injured guys and, and, and maybe sending a couple more down to down to Charlotte tomorrow. But those decisions will be coming uh, very soon here.
1: Michael Smith joining us here on the David Glenn Show. He is the senior web content producer and intrepid reporter for your Carolina Hurricanes at hurricanes.com. And a couple of changes were made Sort of, Michael. A new captain, but he'd been a captain before for the Hurricanes. Jordan Stahl was named the solitary captain for the Canes, along with the alternates Jordan Martinuk and Jacob Slavin. Why is this the right troika to be the leadership to get the letters for Rod Brindamore's team heading into the season?
2: Yeah, you mentioned you know questions that needed answering, and that was, I think, one of the big questions surrounding this team uh, here in training camp was, well, one, would Justin Williams return? And we got that answer earlier in the month that he's stepping away, not retiring, but stepping away for the time being. Uh, and then, so, you know, without him on this roster, who is going to step in and, and lead the leadership group? Uh, and I think uh, when you look at when you look at Jordan Stahl and, and his body of work on and off the ice, he is the most logical choice. And you and I have talked about this on, on Kane's cast before, is, it's not a surprise. It's not a surprise that, that he's the captain of this team. He's uh, an incredibly hard worker. He's incredibly tough to play against on the ice. I think he learned a lot, uh, you know, from Justin Williams last year. I think he learned a lot, too, in the season that he was co-captain with Justin Falk. That was, it was a tough season on and off the ice for, for Jordan Stal Then and then uh, the way he led the team, uh, both through the hardship that he was going through off the ice, and then just that the delicate balancing act of the the kind of weird situation that the co-captaincy was, I thought he handled it with, with immense class and, and grace. Uh, and so for him to be the sole captain this time around, I think is uh, unquestionably the right choice. And then you look at two guys and Jacob Slavin and Jordan Martin, kind of opposite ends of the spectrum of how they're going to lead Jacob Slavin's the more quieter of the bunch. He's just going to, Going to lead by going about his business and and doing what needs to be done the right way. Jordan Martinuk, the more loud and rowdy uh, of I think that leadership group, but he the energy he brings uh, not only on the ice but into the room and and getting this team fired up is 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 going to go a long way. So to see the letters on on their chest, I think is is a great decision as well. That's a that's a strong leadership group uh, that the Hurricanes have and. Uh, they certainly had some holes to fill. You know, after the departure of Williams and, and Justin Falk, they had some holes to fill in their leadership group, but I think uh, these three are going to do a, a real fine job.
1: Well, Michael, the Canes revamped their blue line from last year. Justin Falk traded to St. Louis. Joel Edmondson comes over. Just on the surface, for people who haven't heard too much about that trade, what was your takeaway for the Canes? What are they getting and what did they give up in Justin Falk?
2: Well, yeah, you know, they give up some leadership, obviously, uh, since Justin Falk has uh, worn a letter on his chest before. And uh, they're giving up some some offensive prowess on the blue line. But uh, they felt comfortable in doing that because they were able to sign Jake Gardner a few weeks before. And I think that really sort of changed the landscape of the blue line for the Hurricanes. And, and in return, they get a guy in Joel Edmondson who brings uh, a style of play that I think the Hurricanes kind of needed to add to their roster. I think Michael Furlan, you know, sort of brought that physical edge last season, at least when he was healthy and in the lineup. And uh, without that, they didn't really have that sort of sandpaper element. And I think Joel Edmondson can be that guy. He plays sort of a different game than, than a guy like Dougie Hamilton or, or Jake Gardner. He's going to be your stay-at-home, reliable defenseman. He's going to eat up minutes on the penalty kill. Uh, you see, You've seen it in the preseason. He's down blocking shots. Uh, even in meaningless games, and and that's just that's his game. And so I think for the Hurricanes to add that to their blue line, that was that was an important part of this trade because in giving up Falk, uh, they became a little thinner on the blue line. But then adding Joel Edmondson, I think, uh, really brings some balance uh, to the three pairs. Now, uh, of course, they're still missing, you know, as we mentioned, Gardner and Van Riemsdyk and. And so the, the picture might not be fully complete on opening night, but uh, when everybody gets healthy and you see just how those pairs balance out, I think it's going to be, um, it's going to continue to be one of the, the best blue lines in the NHL. Uh, and Edmonton is going to be a big part of, of, of that crew.
1: He is Michael Smith. And Michael, as we get closer to opening night at PNC Arena, how great was the test yesterday for the PNC arena and the new scoreboard with the final preseason game, pretty much standing room only for the fans who were there on a Sunday to get ready for that. And the electricity that comes off of that game that carries over to opening night.
2: Oh, I mean, it was amazing. I, you don't see that type of atmosphere in a meaningless, meaningless exhibition game. I mean, you just don't. And so to have that atmosphere in the building and you add, this, the brewing rivalry between the Hurricanes and Capitals. It was just, uh, it was a great afternoon uh, at the hockey rink, you know, even though it didn't end in favor of the Hurricanes, not that, again, not that that really matters, but the atmosphere was incredible. And, and I think the most important part of it all was uh, the amount of, if you take a capacity crowd here at PNC Arena and imagine the amount of, of fans being able to see a hockey game for their first time live, Uh, you know, free admission, free parking, that there's no barrier of entry. And and so getting fans out that may have never experienced live hockey before and giving them that taste uh, and they saw such a good hockey game. I mean, that's, it's immensely important when you talk about growing the game and uh, expanding the fan base. And I, I think the support you saw yesterday was just incredible.
1: All right. One last thing for you, Michael, and then we will let you go on Saturday. October 5th the Carolina Hurricanes go back to Washington DC where they eliminated the Capitals in the playoffs last year. There seems to be a little something something going on between these two teams as you mentioned meaningless preseason game but to quote Ron Burgundy things jumped up a notch yesterday. Do, yep, we, they did. do they we killed the guy? I I saw that. Been meaning to <laughs> talk to him about that too. He might want to get out of town. That being put on the table, can we say there's a rivalry between the Canes and Capitals right now?
2: I think so. I think, you know, there was always a little bit of a regional rivalry, but because they hadn't met in the playoffs, it never really was, uh, it never really was taken to that next level. And then you had last year's playoff series that went seven games that went to double overtime in that seventh game that had, you know, storylines after storylines, bad blood getting built up between the two teams. Um, it just was. It was one of the most intense first-round series that I think uh, you know these Hurricanes have, have ever been a part of. So uh, when you add that in with you know the fact that they're a division rival and they're going to be seeing plenty of each other this season, I I can't wait to see what happens. I'm sure Saturday is going to be pretty electric. It's the Capitals' home opener. Hopefully the Hurricanes will be coming off a win here at home against Montreal on Thursday and uh, should set up for uh, what should be another entertaining matchup.
1: He is the Web's Michael Smith, your Carolina Hurricanes senior reporter on the Web and uh, here on the David Glenn Show. Michael, thank you for your time. Thank you, Mike. There he is. Also co-host of, for a glorious two days, the number one hockey podcast in Finland, Cast. Cheap plug for me. If Jilio's patting himself on the back, Joe Jilio from the News and Observer, for almost getting his score right, I am, I am handing out the bouquets for the two days Is the number one podcast about hockey in Finland. Two glorious days. It was amazing. Top of the hill. I'm going to pretend I don't know how radio works because Daryl's been holding in Greensboro, and we're going to take a call instead of break, even though I know I should break. Daryl, I'm breaking the rules for you. Welcome to the David Glenn Show. It's not David. I'm Mike Maniscalco, best and worst of the weekend. What's going on, Daryl?
2: Hey, Mike. How you doing today, buddy? Wonderful. We're good. Hey, yeah, I'm just, you know, everybody's got a quarterback
0: uh, or a... Saturday morning quarterback idea on, on uh, Brown, making that call. Sure. I'm a I'm a University of Virginia guy, but my daughter attends UNC. So Believe it or not, even though I should have been pulling for Clemson to beat UNC to help us out in that coastal, I was pulling for Carolina. But to me, it was more of a coach, look at me, move. If the score would have been 40 to 40 and they couldn't stop Carolina, I'd understand. But even if Matt Brown would have got the two-point conversion, that had been up by one, but Clemson still would have had a minute to put some change to go kick a field goal. Yep, I didn't. I just didn't understand that
1: move. Uh, but so. it's it's. But to me, it's the to what you just said and uh, Daryl Wahoo Wah. Uh, that let me put what you just threw on the table right back at you. So you kick the extra point and you're tied, and Clemson's still going to go down the field and kick the field goal and win the game, right? Right. So right. I I would rather I don't want to go to overtime with Clemson. End it there, you know, and then. As I, I I brought this up, what's more pressure on Clemson to make a play? It's 21-21 and going down the field and trying to kick a field goal, or it's 22-21 and they have to make plays now. They're 19-game winning streaks on the line, on the road, hostile environment. You put all of the pressure on Clemson, and I I don't think this was a Mac Brown look at me move. I think this was a Mac Brown telling this program go get it. Go win the game. Let's not let's not hope Clemson makes a mistake. Uh, let's go get the win. Let's go run a play. You wanna you wanna tell me that the play that they called was wrong? You and I can have some agreement on that. I, I just didn't like the play call. It, and maybe it wasn't run right. There's a million things that go into it. But you put the ball in Sam Howell's hands, three yards away. The reverse scenario of that is if I am three yards away from beating the number one team in the country, I'm gonna take my chance of beating them. And that's what. That's what Mac Brown and the Tar Heels did. And, and Daryl, thanks for the call. A real, I mean, it's I get the point. I just, I totally don't agree with that's a look at me move for Mac Brown. You know what he was trying to do? It's a look at North Carolina's football program. We just knocked off the number one team in the country. That's what it was. one 800 849 2761 It's best and worst of the weekend. It's the David Glenn Show. He's the UVA head basketball coach, Tony Bennett. You always believed in us. I guess you were the wind beneath our wings. There you go.
0: How's that? <laughs> Do we but have uh, background music That's for that? right.
2: That's Matt Midler. There we go.
0: You are the wind beneath my wings.
2: Keep it right here on the David Glenn Show.
1: Are- it's the David Glenn Show, not the David Byrne Show but I can be a talking head see what I did there. It's all music, Vaught. Come on, buddy. Coming up, it's one fifty-four here in the afternoon, folks. Darren Vaught's on the wheels of steel. He's got a lot going for you. Well, it is best and worst of the weekend. And joining us in the 2 o'clock hour, coming up, Kevin Donnelly talking Carolina Panthers football. Don Waddell, general manager and president of the Carolina Hurricanes, where Hurricanes get ready to open up. The regular season on Thursday against the Montreal Canadiens. Jones Angel, the play-by-play voice of the North Carolina Tar Heels, will join us as well. So a packed 2 o'clock hour coming your way here on the David Glenn Show. But between now and then, I-, I feel we have not given enough love on the show to the Duke Blue Devils trouncing of the Virginia Tech Hokies 45-10 to where Quentin Harris just went in. And the numbers aren't eye-popping. He just throws for 163 yards, but he runs for 100 yards, accounts for three touchdowns. By the way, will anybody just do me this favor? Stop betting against David Cutcliffe quarterbacks in college, pros, whatever. I know that he doesn't have a 1,000% batting average, but he's about 700 with guys he's put into the league or coached in college who can play and Just a a magnificent job. And I know Virginia Tech, that program ain't what it used to be. But you don't go into Blacksburg and pound them like that. And that game was, that was what Virginia Tech used to do to opponents there. And Duke, national TV, sending the message. Friday Night Lights, folks, which, by the way, is a thing now. I had a lot of people when I moved to the South first. They ain't never going to play college football on Friday. And then I did my snooty, <laughs> oh, yes, they are. Uh, at least in my head, that's how that conversation went. But that's one of those things where Friday Night Lights, you get the national TV audience, David, C- he, David Cutcliffe sent the message. And you know why? Uh, there's a couple of reasons why. One, Duke is that good. Now, are they on the stage with Bama and Ohio State? No, we saw that. But that's another reason why. Because we saw what Bama did to Duke in the season opener. And David Cutcliffe is smart enough to know if I get back on that stage, we're going to show folks we can do this to people. But Duke, folks, we can make the case right now of the, the four programs in the state. Right now, today, all things being equal, Duke and Wake are the top two, and State and Carolina are clawing to prove that they're the top two. Plenty to get to here on The David Glenn Show.